0: Your Holiness, on behalf of the entire Hinduja family and our friends in the world at large, we express our deepest gratitude for gracing us with your time, your presence, and your warmth. And we look forward to embarking in your knowledge, your wisdom in this time that we've, we've been given. So thank you. Thank Hol- you,
1: I am, I am profoundly honored and Grateful to be with all of you today.
0: Just to start His Holiness's unique journey, starting from the suburbs of Chicago as a sweet Jewish American boy born in the 1950s, during the civil rights movement and the incredibly powerful counterculture of the American music scene, Maharaj was given the most incredible courage, fearlessness, and power to follow his heart, follow his journey home in seeking truth and the love of God. So, Maharaj, before further ado, I'd like to start by asking you the first question. Um, In the world today with modern culture, there's so many people, I would say the third largest statistically studied community of people are people that have no religion no faith no um no real connection to the divine and they're searching and they're searching so much that i'd love to ask you and start this conversation how can we seek that how can we build or rebuild that faith from the hypocrisy of religion that's like taken us away for the young people like us (laughs)
1: Thank you, thank you. Um, In the the Sanskrit text, there is a phrase, that is so very important. Sara Grahi Janardana. That, in order to understand the Truth, we need to seek the Essence. And the problem with religion, the problem with human society is oftentimes we get caught up in so many external superficial things that we miss the point of its purpose. And we can see this in in all religions and, and in all societies that we become so caught up in the ways that we forget what the purpose of all these ways are. What is the essence? And the Bhagavad Gita, in a very philosophical, scientific, but very simple way, directs us from the very beginning toward that essence. Najayate mriyate bhagadatyam that before we can understand the world and things of this world appropriately, we need to understand who we are, who is the knower. And we have this physical body that's ever changing. We have this mind that's constantly in a state of changing. But we are the person, we are that observer that is witnessing life through the body and the mind. and that is the Atma, the Jiva, or the soul. And the nature of that soul is Neither is it born, does it die or does it ever die? And when we when we understand that I am this spirit's soul, then along with our physical and emotional needs, we will harmonize our decisions in life in such a way that it also fulfills our spiritual needs, the needs of the true Self. Um, Srila Prabhupada, my beloved Guru, gave a very simple analogy of a lady who had a beautiful birdcage and guests came and she was showing all the decorations on the birdcage and they were shocked because the bird inside was starving to death because she was so obsessed in making the cage look nice she forgot about the bird so similarly we're so obsessed in this world with the external features which is the ahankar, the false ego where we have this this need to feel ourselves better than others we have this need to 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 make ourselves feel better than others, both to ourselves and to try to prove it to ourselves by making the world feel that way. Um, but actually, you know, the eternal soul is a part of the Supreme Soul or God. And to know oneself is the really beginning of the, of the great journey of Bhagavad Gita. Um, and, and this is a universal truth in in the bible lord jesus he said what profit of a person if they gain the whole world but they forget they lose their own eternal soul this is a universal principle to understand who i am and how we are all part of the one supreme godhead and the origin of everything Aham Saravasya Prabhavo Mata Saravam day is the Supreme Father and Mother and Friend of everyone. And this to reconnect with our own souls, to harmonize ourselves with God's will, to harmonize ourselves with our understanding of how we are all brothers and sisters, all species of life and to harmonize our understanding in life that the whole creation is sacred because it's coming from the same supreme source this is dharma this is true religion and when we when we become so um focused and obsessed in in a particular language that a scripture is spoken or a particular geographical location in which it's spoken or the particular race of people that we're connected to then um, we miss the point that um, that the essence in the Bible it says to love God with all your heart all your mind and all your soul and to love your neighbor as yourself and everyone is our neighbor and in the Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam, it tells that same message in such a deep way that true dharma is to awaken the love we have for God. And that love, when it is unconditional and unmotivated by selfishness or egoism, then it expresses itself as compassion to all beings. And somehow or other, because people are fighting over superficial things, so many people are losing their faith in religion, they're losing their faith in dharma, and there are so many um, alternative forms of technology and science and entertainment that people are trying to find answers in. I hope I didn't talk too much for a but <laughs> thank I did. you
0: <laughs> for that very very deep lens and we're really I just wanted to pause for a second and say we're really sorry for the technical issues that we had we actually the the audience could couldn't hear a lot of what you said um, for the first part, but now it all works, so we're back, and we'll make sure we spread the recording after um, for those that missed it but thank you Maharaj, for your very deep clear message for the youth for people like us so thank you i'd like to now call on gopi uncle um gopi uncle you can mute unmute yourself um, you can unmute yourself now
2: yes.
1: Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare
2: Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare.
1: Thank you, thank you.
2: Maharaji, as must we know, I am not a very educated person, but I have experience of life. So, I have a very simple question. The Prabhupada's success at the age of 70 onwards, came, in my view, because of a simple uh, mantra, which is Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Ram, Hare Hare. Now, it was easy for every religion, whether he is a Christian or a Muslim or anybody, they started chanting this. Now, all religions are made by spiritual leaders, or gurus, or Rishis. Uh, they all end into one which I had mentioned earlier also. Is there no way that there should be a common step so that we know by climbing X number of steps, we reach happiness. By climbing Y number of steps, we meet the God and we are with Him and keep away from all the problems of the world. Because today, most of the people in the world are suffering and I have been just thinking that why do not the religious leaders. Find a simple way to do it for everyone and this will be the great service to the world.
1: Thank you, thank you. That, that was truly a beautiful um, observation and prayer. <laughs> yes, Um, The conflicts that we have are not on the basis of different gods or different religions. The conflicts is really based on the human ego. As I said, we have this need to feel superior to others. There's a certain insecurity that we have when our mind and our body, our consciousness are separated from our true self. And what Śrīla Prabhupāda did is he basically gave Sanatana Dharma, which includes all the great religions in the world if we are seeking the essence, which is to awaken within us our deepest potential, the potential to truly be happy and to truly give happiness to others through feeling God's love, and being an instrument of God's love. And when we understand spirituality in that sense, then we can deeply um, appreciate and respect other people's spiritual paths, because we see that essence that we are seeking within all those other true spiritual paths. And and Srila Prabhupada, you know, from the Vedic literatures, the Upanishads and, and the Srimad Bhagavat and Bhagavad Gita, Srila Prabhupada gave us this Maha mantra Nam Nam Akari Nita Sarva Shaktis. Lord Chaitanya taught that there are many names of God which have been revealed through different scriptures and different saints throughout the ages and different places. But each of these true names of God is a mantra. It can liberate our consciousness from illusion and from suffering. These beautiful sound vibrations awaken the love and the compassion that is within us. And disconnected from that, we can never really be happy because our happiness is in that love and compassion. So this mantra is a very simple, universal way of awakening that divine love, that divine compassion, that ananda, that happiness that's within us. And Lord Chaitanya, he extracted from Kali Sankarana Upanishad what is called the Maha Mantra, which is a mantra that includes all other mantras and is a special medicine for this Particular time we're living today called Kali Yuga and that mantra is um, Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hari Hari, Hari Hare Hari Hare, Hare Rama Rama Hari Hari. a simple way of, of Accessing and awakening that love and happiness that's deep within us. That is the very inherent nature of our true self and and Srila Prabhupada explained as did all the great rishis and sages that um, of all the great names of God, they all have this capacity to awaken our love. If if we chant with sincerity in a prayerful mood, and and Srila Prabhupada gave us a wonderful meditation on the mantra, that before chanting, we pray, my dear beloved Lord, Sri Radha, Sri Krishna, whatever name we have, I pray, awaken my love and allow me to serve you with compassion, unconditionally. If that is our aspiration, and that then this mantra will have its fullest effect to cleanse us to restore us, and to enlighten us. Simple message. Um, Srila Prabhupada said, it is very simple. Anyone can do it from any religion, from any status of society, from any part of the world. At the same time, Within the Vedic literatures, there are volumes and volumes, encyclopedias of of philosophy and science, of social structure, of of, di- of, of every type of dynamic of humanity, and um, whatever arguments, whatever doubts can be. Um, can be resolved and harmonized with that loving propensity of the heart, you know, through, um, through this study.
3: GP unmute.
2: This, this maha mantra will take us to what stage and How many times this ma mantra in the day one should chant. (laughs) No, because there is one thing which always confuses the human beings. Because in the universities or in the schools or colleges when we go, they say if you get so many marks or so many counts, you come to first grade, second grade, third grade, or you get credit, uh, special credits, but in this one, we all get confused to one stage that finally with this mantra, where does it lead us? And for how many times should we have this mantra? Hmm? Uh, chanted every day.
1: Thank you, it's um, one moment please, let me just yes, Um, this this Maha Mantra it, it is described and and all true mantras, that the mind is like a mirror, and the mirror, its purpose is to reflect ourselves. Raji,
2: I think the connection is very bad.
1: (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Can you hear now?
0: Uh, Ashish is... uh, I can hear. I can hear as well. I can hear.
3: I I can also hear very well. GP is not able to hear. He is on the ocean. He is uh, on the ocean. He is in the yacht. So maybe the signal is weak. Lord Krishna doesn't want him to listen properly. (laughs) 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 So, Maharaj, you'll say, so we'll all hear. Maybe GP is not able to hear.
1: So the mind is like a mirror. And the mirror is meant to reflect our true self. But when the mirror is covered by many, many years of accumulated dust and dirt and debris, then that's all we see. But when we clean the mirror of the mind, then we actually tr- see our true transcendent self. And then we actually see all the beings and the whole world in relationship to our true self. So the mantra is a way of cleaning the mirror of the mind and restoring our original consciousness, our original perception of reality. And in this way, um, there are different levels of understanding truth or or God. The, The Bhagavad Purana tells Ramethi Paramatmeti iti shabjate, that the Absolute or God is one, doita but within that Oneness there are three features that are forever um, existing. King,
2: I think is, the connection something is wrong.
1: GP, we can hear you,
3: either unmuted please, mute please, GP. Maraji, please.
1: <laughs> there, is the, there is the unlimited all-pervading light, which is called Brahman. And um, some people are seeking to enter into that light. It is called mukti, or liberation, or salvation. That, that the presence of God as the all-pervading, apparently impersonal light that's within everything and outside of everything and and eternally in this state. Um, and then there is another feature of God called Paramatma, or that one supreme who is not only the all-pervading light, but is also personally seated within the heart of every living being as our dearmost friend. And then there is Bhagavan. Bhagavan means the Supreme Person of, uh, or the Lord who's performing eternal beautiful pastimes of love in the spiritual world. Ishwara uh, That um, that the absolute truth has a form, has a personality that's eternal, full of knowledge, and full of bliss. And Lila is not just a temporary manifestation of loving experience, but it's the supreme eternal reality. So those who are seeking liberation in Brahman, that is Mukti, where there is limitless peace. Those who are seeking liberation in their approach to Paramatma are seeking that, that connection with the most intimate friend within where, we, when, where one can access supernatural powers for a good cause. And those who are seeking Bhagavan are seeking prema or love. So these are three features of the absolute, shanti, peace, um, eternality, Beyond death is, is, a, is one stage, and above that, in the sense of including that, is the understanding of the that chit-ananda, that, that understanding of the knowledge of oneself and the whole creation through understanding God within, and ultimately prema, or love. So by chanting the maha mantra, according to our aspiration, according to our particular goal, um, we can achieve all these forms of liberation. Um, liberation into eternality, liberation into peace, liberation into understanding, supreme within, and ultimately, the ultimate liberation, which includes all other liberation, is ecstatic, infinite, divine love and that love is expressed through seva through service and through karuna through compassion and this is what we can achieve by chanting the names of the lord um, and as far as how many times we chant the maha mantra um, the most important thing is our sincerity that you know when 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 we approach with humility, when we approach with, with good character in our life, when we approach with, with actually a desire to find shelter and love, when we approach in that mood, then we are most receptive, just like a seed. The seed of love is within all of us. And the mantra is like watering that seed and giving sunshine to that seed but our character and our aspiration is like condition of the soil in which the seed is in. So if you have good character with sincere heart, then this Maha Mantra will have a very fast and powerful effect on us. So it's not a matter of how many times we chant, it's a matter of the sincerity of the intent and, and, how we're actually approaching God through his holy names. And it's very important, like medicine, when we chant, we take it regularly. Medicine could be taken anytime and it'll have some good effect. But if it's a good medicine and we take it regularly, according to prescription of doctor, then it will have the maximum effect. So to to chant, this mantra um, on a regular basis, with sincerity, with attention, to give quality time for our chanting, we will have the maximum um, effect. Kirtaniya sadahari, when we actually taste the sweetness of God's love, then God and the mantra will be constantly within our heart and within our mind. But until then, um to to regularly and sincerely um find shelter in, in in God's grace through the through this mantra one can have the most um powerful effect uh, of transformation. What yes.
2: Yes, GP.
3: We can't hear you. Thank you. We can hear you now.
0: Marathi, he's playing Dad. hide-and-seek.
2: He's playing hide-and-seek. <laughs> <laughs>
3: like Krishna's Leela, so he's hide-and-seek playing.
0: Dad, would you like to ask instead? The next question. I have I have one thing, only last one. Oh, okay.
2: Uh, <clears throat> there are many problems that life throws at us. How can we respond to that? Just by chanting, or there is some other process.
0: <laughs>
1: the process is is transformation. Um we need to transform arrogance into humility, to transform greed into generosity, to transform um, selfishness into compassion, to transform anger into being a well-wisher, to transform hate into love. This transformation can only be sustainable within the world when that transformation takes place within individual people. And um Prahlad, little Prahlad, he he explains in the Bhagavad Puran that without understanding the nature of the self, without understanding the nature of God, without understanding the love and the compassion that we're meant to actually be living with, then when we solve a problem, the solution to the problem creates so many other problems. Sometimes the solution to a problem creates a bigger problem than the original problem. So the world is filled with problems. And that's just the nature of the material existence is that there will always be problems. There's a problem of suffering. There's a problem of depression. There's a problem of poverty. There's a problem of, 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 of health issues and pandemics and epidemics. And there's problems of, of birth and old age and disease and death. These are all problems, and um, what, what Dharma is giving us, what true spirituality is, is tools to actually help. As we're trying to solve the temporary problems of life in this world, we're actually in the process of solving the bigger, most serious problems. Um, our, our beloved Guru Śrīla he would often say, "Sarve sukanobhavantu," that the whole purpose of Vedic literature, in this sense, the whole purpose of religion, dharma is let all beings be happy. When we actually have this attitude, let all beings be happy, then. Um, when we're motivated by compassion in this sense then as we're solving the problems of the world we're actually approaching the truest and most important problems and giving true solutions
0: thank you maharaj <laughs> thank you very much thank you thank you maharaj Dad- thank
1: you Banjee, I'm so grateful to you and I pray that you are safe and happy on your boat wherever you may be.
2: (laughs) My chanting is regular. You know, even when I'm in London, I'm in the temple, even here in the boat when I wake up in the morning, after my bath, I'm first thing on the chant.
1: That is a wonderful and such an important example that you are setting for, for all humanity, actually.
0: Thank you. Dad, I invite you now to ask your question.
1: Hare Krishna Maharaji.
3: You just now said that there are so many god and goddesses, and there are so many rituals. So our youth today is getting confused with so many different religions, so many God and goddesses in Hindu, Hinduism is not a religion as we all know, it's a way of life. So, what is the answer to the scientific youth who will only get convinced when they have a scientific answer?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Science, technology, academics, all of these gifts to humanity, um, the true value is in the intention of the people who are utilizing these gifts. Um, Science can be used to save lives and to bring happiness to people, or science can be used in a way that pollutes and destroys and causes suffering. Similarly, technology right now, we are all on the internet and the internet, is it good or bad? It's, it's neutral, it depends on what we use it for. You know, a, 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 a surgeon will use a knife to save a person's life and a thief will use the same knife to kill someone, to take from them. <coughs> so similarly, <coughs> The internet can be used as we're trying to do now to elevate, to enlighten, to enrich people's lives and to help them to find true happiness, or it can be used to very much distract and pollute and 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 cause addictions to unwanted things in this world. So religion is the same way, according to how we use the knowledge and uh, of, 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 of what we're given, um, it can be used as a, as a weapon of our egos, or it can be used as a wonderful um, medicine to cure us of our egos. <laughs> so in this day and, and age, we need to see examples. The youth of the world really needs to see examples of people who are um, seeing things in an inclusive way, seeing how spirituality doesn't make people superstitious and 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 um, and sectarian but people need to see how people who are spiritual are actually broad-minded and compassionate and and living with character, good character and how, people of spirituality see the wonderful gifts of nature and the wonderful gifts of science as opportunities to be used in a positive spiritual way. After all, Bhagavad Gita was spoken to Arjuna, who was a family person. He had wife, he had children, and he had a very difficult occupation, being a statesman, a politician, a warrior. And he was not asked To give these things up, but he was asked to to perform his duty with character, with love, and with compassion, in harmony with the love of God. And um, young people in today's world, when they hear how the Vedas actually explain things in truth, then um, their scientific their philosophical thirst for life can be so satisfied and so enriched because it's connected with the sense of yoga or harmony. And I I have personally seen in the East and the West, um, many young people from India, um, when I go to universities and colleges, are very much leaving aside, even rejecting or being very passively dismissive of their parents and grandparents' spirituality because they see it's it's superstitious, they see it's it's sectarian, they see you know so many gods, it's very confusing and very very mixed up. But when they actually understand the science as it is in the Vedas. From parampara, from as it has been passed down by saints through the ages, then they understand that there is one God, there is one source of everything, like the root of a tree, and there are many demigods, there are many incarnations of that one God that manifest themselves in this world, and there are many manifestations of devas who are um, who have. Um, cosmic responsibilities, but there's one source of everything, janmadhyasaya daha. And when we understand from Bhagavad Gita and Upanishads, the philosophy of how the world works, the whole idea of kala, or time, and how it's affecting, and karma, the the laws of action and reaction, and the whole idea of creation, and the whole idea of maintenance and destruction of everything that exists, and the whole idea of how the soul is entrapped in various states of consciousness. When we understand these according to the Vedas, it goes so deep, and it goes into such detail. It's, it truly is a great science. But as Gopi Chanda has so beautifully explained, um, if we just sincerely take God's name sincerely, all the knowledge of the conclusions of all those sciences is revealed to us within our hearts, and we can understand that. Um, so I I have seen that many of these young people from Indian origin that I was speaking of, when they are given the same spiritual path of Hinduism, according to the true teachings of the Gita, then they become so enthusiastic and so, so determined and so faithful to follow because they understand. Because in today's education systems, oftentimes we're we're trained in science and technology and trained to doubt, and we need answers to questions. And when those answers are given, um, according to the Vedic version, then yes, let me commit myself to living in harmony with these principles and um, the Bhagavad Gita and actually the Hindu faith is, 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 is such an important contribution to the whole world and such an important contribution to all religion all, because it's so inclusive and it's so scientifically precise while at the same time so simple.
2: Thank you, Maharaj.
1: Thank you so very much.
0: Thank you, Maharaj. That was so beautiful. Um, <laughs> I'm going to take a bit of a journey into your life for a moment and ask you about this very specific time that you had when in your journey home where you passed from Greece to turkey and it was at that time where you were actually going from the western lens of studying all western religions and meditating with christianity and all these different monks um, and moving into the eastern lens and it was that time that was so similar to the life that we're living now i mean it's different there was a epidemic of cholera and you literally had to pass through this no man's land. In some way, it's the no man's mind when you go into the state of consciousness for a deep meditation. Can you take us through that passage of time that you, you walked through and the fearlessness, that, you, that faith that you knew that you're gonna to get to the other side? So if you can take us there, that would be amazing.
3: So and which age and year was that?
0: Uh, I believe Maharaj was 18 or 19 in the 70s. I may be wrong by a year or half a year, but I think
1: 1970. Okay, 1970, and I was 19 years old at the time. (laughs) And and which are you asking um, for the whole journey or just a particular part?
0: I'm asking about. That time when you went into the no man's land, when you you were shifting from the west to the east, not just on land, but also from a perspective shift, you were going from the western lens to the eastern lens. And today, it's so easy for us, we get on planes, we can just kind of travel wherever we want. But at that time, you were on on foot, and you were really so uh, opening a door that was just in your imagination. So that fearlessness to take that route, to go into that no man's land, even though you were told, don't do it. Because most times we're told don't do things, but then we follow our sort of intuition. So if you can just take us through that lens.
1: <laughs> well, You know, I was, I was traveling through Europe trying to understand the meaning of life, deeper, meaningful life. And I was going to forests and museums, study art, try to get spiritual messages. In the forests, I would study nature and riverbanks, I would study the rivers. I was going to in Europe, I was going to synagogues of the Jewish faith, and I was going to cathedrals and monasteries of the Christian faith, sometimes living with monks. And, and eventually, I was living in a cave on an island in Greece, Crete. And the cave was at the top of a mountain. I would climb that mountain and, and meditate and pray from sunrise to sunset day. And one day, you know, I was just crying to God to give me direction, you know, what is my path, and and how to find you and how to be an instrument of of your grace in this world, with all of its confusions and all of its conflicts, and all of its sufferings. And I heard a voice. And that voice was silent, but coming from my heart, go to India. Now, at that time, I had never met a person from India in my whole life. I never ate Indian food, never tasted a chili pepper. I didn't have a map to India. I had no money to buy a map, but I believed that God was calling me to India. and. I left my one friend who I was living with, his name was Gary, because he didn't want to take this journey with me. And I began to travel over land. Um, And when I came back to Athens, um, there was this cholera epidemic in Turkey. And it was the front page news of, you know, throughout Europe, perhaps the world. And I went to the Turkish embassy and they gave me a visa. Then I hitchhiked and it took so many days to to just travel hitchhiking, waiting for someone to pick you up in a truck or a car to the border. And when I finally reached the border, which was in a very remote place, um, everything was closed and the particular man who was the immigration agent there, he said the borders closed. We're not allowing anybody in from Turkey and Turkey will not allow you in because of the cholera epidemic. Um, but it took so long to get there. Um, I, I, I felt, well, I have a visa and they said the border was open, so I want to go. So the... the immigration person was very upset with me, not go because there's a no man's land of any miles, just a wilderness with wolves, and snakes, and you go into this no man's land, you will not we will not let you come back and Turkey will not let you in so you will die there. But somehow, I was, I was enthusiastic. And I was with two others who were i met on the way traveling and we decided to go and that no man's land after some time it became pitch dark and we heard wolves and we saw some snakes and we saw an image of a corpse in the darkness and and we didn't know it was so dark we didn't even know for sure we were going in the right direction and we were walking and then i was thinking that perhaps you know it was a, it was a week or more ago that the turkish embassy said that that the borders were open they may have closed since that time and it was like a walk through darkness and and in that situation um, i felt so helpless so totally helpless you know, I didn't have, there were no cell phones in those days to communicate with anybody. Nobody in the world, except the two people with me, knew where I was. So who could help me? And, um, and hearing the wolves howling and not knowing if we'll get in, um, I was really, there was Fear. And in that fear, I was really taking shelter of the higher power of of God, of divinity. I was just crying out in my heart that, you know, I, I believe in this journey I'm taking because it's to you, God. Please, you know, do what you want with me, but I'm here for you. And like a little baby crying for a mother in a most dangerous place, that's the state I was in. And when finally, after about an hour and a half of walking like that, we reached the border of Turkey and it was closed. There was one soldier with a gun and it was all locked, a big gate and barbed wire and walls. And I guess Greece and Turkey were not friendly at that time. Um, So this no man's land that we crossed when we finally reached the end, this gatekeeper refused to let us in and when we begged him and pleaded with him and you know he put his gun in our in our face and said go back it's closed but we 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 had nowhere to go so we just kept begging and finally um this this soldier brought his commanding officer and he said the same thing border closed and um again who else could we cry for except the higher power of God's grace. You know, it's easy to say we believe or don't believe, but when you're in a situation of total helplessness with nobody could really help except God, then we really cry out. And how much I felt his presence when I was crying out for him. And eventually, the, the person saw we weren't going away. So he let us in, and he put us in a in a shack, and locked us in this shack, this little hut, and took off all our clothes, and took all of our possessions, which wasn't much, and took our passports, and left us. It was it was freezing cold, and we stood there for about another hour, and then he came back and gave us our clothes and our passports, and stamped it, and welcomed us to Turkey, and then. Um, we were in the middle of nowhere, kind of in a, in a deserted wilderness where that border post was. And we just started walking and there was, we found a little road and we were walking along that road. And that's kind of what happened to me in the no man's land in brief summary. But it was a very important transition. And Satya, you you are so perceptive and so... You know, so deep in your own search for truth that you know you can see, you can see subtleties that other people cannot see. And even I'm, I'm learning more about that journey um, through the through the no man's land just by your sincere inquiry to understand it deeper. But it really was an important transition between West and East, because. In a situation like that, it was like I was stripped. I was stripped of everything that I could relate to as far as security. And when I did cross over um, into the Islamic world of the Middle East, everything was so different, you know, from, from, a, from a social, cultural, and, and visual way of, of, of life. And it, in one sense, it was very disorienting, but it was like it was it wasn't disorienting. It was reorienting because I, I really had to, to, to understand that to put aside my own prejudices and my own um, egoistic misconceptions, I need to do that in order to really open my heart to search for the essence of God's grace.
0: Thank you, Maharaj. That was...
4: (laughs) I'm going to give you my pranam, Prabhuji.
1: My pranam's to you, Prakashji.
4: Thank you. It's a great to hear your experience about the challenges in your life. Same challenge had with Prabhupada when he was in the boat. He went through a very difficult time. And, and that time, he was able to chant the mantras. And he was able to recover from his health problems, which he went through it. And that was also a big challenge in his life, as you had a great challenge in your life. So my point of the view is that today, the science of chanting of mantra, which you explain, how it can be diluted to uh, a negative aspect of the virus and problems of each individual when they are going through it, whether the planetary position on each individual which is being affected. Now, this question. I have been doing a lot of research on this and a lot of discussions I have with the very spiritual leaders and I was not able to get the answer. And I'm still working on it. So I would like to hear from you that the individual who are affected by the planetary virus and the effect of their problems in life, how can they overcome it? Is it through the Maha Mantra? Is it through some other programs which they have to do or they have to go on till their planetary programs are going on or when they change? How would you explain that?
1: (laughs) The... The situation of astrology, astronomy, the influence of the planets, um, is is how things are working on this material level. Um, but whatever the influence may be, still we have free will. Uh, you know what we're experiencing today is based on so many circumstances. You know, there's there's configuration of the astrology, the planets. There's there's our own karma <laughs> of action and reaction. There's um, the nature of interacting with the world that is, you know, there's so many um, large-scale karmic reactions, not just our own personal, but the, 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 the accumulative karmas of the world. And, you know, the pollutions. So we're dealing with a lot of situations that, in one sense, um, are beyond us. <laughs> but in whatever situation there is, we have free will. And how we respond to situation is, is how we're going to actually move into our future. Um, A simple analogy, at an airport, let us say Heathrow Airport in London, there's flights to so many different parts of the world. And if I get on a flight to Mumbai, then, you know, halfway up on the air, um, 30,000 feet above the earth, um, if I say to the pilots and the hostess, I want to go to New York, I have my free will, I want to go to New York. Then the the airline hostess will say that you had your free will before you got on the plane, but now that you're on this plane, you are destined for London, I mean for Bombay. But at the same time, you have free will what you're gonna do on the plane, and you have free will what you're gonna do when you get to Bombay. So similarly, there are situations of destiny that are beyond us, but we do have a free will to respond. And that's where the beauty of life is. In whatever situation we're in, we have the free will to either accelerate our, our impiety or accelerate, accelerate our piety. We have a free will to either turn to God or to turn to, uh, to criminal activities. We have so many choices we can make at every situation. And what's important is every single one of us, we have the opportunity to spiritually grow. And this Maha Mantra that you are speaking about it's a way of connecting with God that, in any situation, anywhere, um, with anyone, God is accessible. You know, to 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 go to a mandir or a temple or an ashram. You know, you have to you have to go there and be there. But whether you're in whether you're in a latrine or in a train or in a plane or driving in your car or at work or in an ashram or temple god is always accessible through transcendental sound shabda brahma and that's it's 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 the most accessible and powerful way of reconnecting in any situation and we always have the choice to actually Turn to God and connect with God through this sound vibration in any situation, whatever is happening with, with the astrology and whatever is happening with, with the world. Um, the pandemic that we're facing now, you know, there's so much sorrow. People are suffering and dying, and economically, people are in, in great strife. And, and we should feel compassion for people because we want people to be happy. But at the same time, it is an opportunity to reorient our priorities in life and, and, and focus on what really is most important in our life. And it's a beautiful opportunity to look within, to look to the wisdom of the great sages and the rishis and the avatars of what they have all come to give us over the ages. They've come to give us the opening of a door in our own minds and hearts to Ananda, to the love, to the peace that we're all looking for. And we can share that peace by living, you know, with character and compassion. I hope that answers your question, Prakash.
4: Yeah, but you see, earlier you told me that we should bring an understanding and transformation on your life. You told this to my brother. Now, why the world leaders and world problems which are going on between them, take Democratic Republic, take Congress, BJP, take other parties in the world, they have a lot of indifferences going on. And a lot of people have been conveying the messages like Prabhupada did and many other saints are doing, monks are doing. But they are not able to reach to any conclusion that means the planetary is playing the role which is bringing them different between the two parties and not bringing peace in the world that's my <laughs> way of uh, putting things so how would you how would you solve this problem in the world
1: in that, in that disparity we have the opportunity To understand the need to go deeper into the subject, Um, you know, when when things when things are just going very nicely, our tendency is to be content with the superficial ways things are going. But when when there's crisis, then we're either sucked into the crisis which brings out the worst in us, or we actually look deeper into the crisis of where I really want to be going and where I really want to help the world to be going. So, you know, there's different political parties, there's different religions, there's different races, there's so many different um, diversities in this world. Um, To disagree on the basis of ideologies and and to disagree according to our own natures is natural. But what is important is we have to be united on a higher principle, even with our disagreements. In in politics, we may have very strong ideological differences, but at the same time, We're all representing the people. We're all here to serve the people. So our ideological differences should not make people suffer more. Our ideological differences should be harmonized in a way that ultimately, whether we agree or don't agree, we have to do what's best for the people. (laughs) Um, We are... The sound
4: is gone.
1: Is the sound here now? No, that has come back, yes. So, so unity in diversity is the principle we're speaking about. Unity in diversity, that we are united with respect for each other and respect for the common cause that we all have, even with our differences. And that same principle can be applied to religion. You know, within a particular religion, there's always so many different, there's, there's people who believe in modernizing, there's people who believe in keeping things very, very traditional in the ancient ways, and then there's, there's various religions within religions. Um, but the principle is to help each other to live with character and to love God. And even if we have differences, we have to see the higher principle that unites us. In the Srimad Bhagavatam, there is a story of Draupadi um, and Bhima. Um, Asvatthama killed the children of Draupadi. And, um, and Arjuna caught Asvatthama. And Bhima, who's a great warrior and the elder brother of Arjuna, he said, kill that man. And Draupadi, who's the wife of Arjuna, the mother of all the children and the wife of Bhima, she said, no, let him go because he's the only child and his mother will suffer. So here's two great devotees, Draupadi and Bhima, and one is saying, let him go, and one is saying, kill him. So who's right? One is thinking from the perspective of a mother, And one is thinking from a perspective of a warrior. And Arjuna, with the help of Krishna, (laughs) learned how to accommodate a, a higher principle, wherein they were both satisfied. So even among great souls, there are apparent disagreements, but among great souls, there's a higher principle that we're united on and this is very important, this idea of unity and diversity. The more we understand the unity of our purpose and our cause to, to love God and to actually be instruments of compassion to people to help them overcome suffering and be happy, the more we understand the unity we have on that, the more we can respect the diversity of our different experiences and different opinions and different ideologies. The different religions of the world, the more we understand the unity among them, the more beautiful and wonderful each one actually is.
4: Great.
0: Thank you, Maharaj.
4: Thank you. Thank you very much. So we'll go deep into it next time when I meet with you in (laughs) Mumbai or in London.
1: That is my hope and prayer. Thank you, thank you,
0: thank you, Dad. I know you wanted to ask something, and then we have lots of questions coming from GP.
3: GP has come. You have any questions, GP?
2: Unmute.
0: I would suggest
2: to justify the audience and the participants who are there. We should give them the opportunity to put questions.
0: Yeah, I was just saying we have lots of questions come in so I'd like to jump in there. But
2: and, to... but I would just uh, request uh, Maharaji that in the conclusion he should give them just one minute the way forward in life so that they can face all the problems which come and with Maharaji's blessings they all get comfort.
0: Thank you. Dad, you wanted to ask something. Your, your, from the
3: audience. Science? Yes, questions from the audience. Yeah,
0: there are lots of questions. Um, there are lots of questions, Mara. So I'm gonna try and condense uh, them by topic. The first question is: um, How can we be motivated? with our goals in long term and how can we control our mind
1: the the science of self realization or yoga or dharma is is very much making priorities in our life. And there are, there are four principles which help us to navigate our way forward in life in the direction that we really want to go. One is satsa, to regularly be with people who enlighten us, who inspire us, who nourish our faith, who nourish our enthusiasm for goodness and godliness. Satsang is so very important. It's foundational to our spiritual journey because there are so many influences, many negative influences, many very distracting influences all around us. So we need to have a foundational focus. And being with um, like-minded spiritual people, being with saintly or enlightened people, help us to actually develop faith and direction in our life. Sadhu sangha, sadhu sangha, sarva sastrakhoi, lava matra, sadhu sangha, sarva siddhihoi. This beautiful verse tells that, There is nothing more precious than to be in the company of of, of sadhu. And sadhu is not just the way a person dresses. Sadhu is one who is living with Dharmic principles, who's living in a a mood of of devotion. And um, that association is very important. Just like today, we are all gathered together to remind each other and to enrich each other in higher spiritual purposes in our life. And then there's sadhana, each day putting some very quality time aside to do our spiritual practice, to tune us into the frequency of grace and compassion and love that's within us all around us. It's so important get we get faith and we get enthusiasm in the company of of saintly people and then we have a spiritual practice where uh, through our meditation prayer sincere puja through chanting of god's names or mantras whatever that practice may be we do it sincerely and we give quality priority time to that every day. In this way, just like in life, however much expectations and pressures we have in our occupation or in our family, we have to eat and we have to sleep to have the strength to do it properly. So similarly, spiritually, we need rest and we need nourishment. And being with holy people and having a spiritual practice in our own homes actually is spiritual nourishment, which gives us rest and strength in which we can go into the world and perform our duties in in a way that is truly yoga. Yoga means we perform our activities in a way that's in harmony with the Supreme. And that means sadachar. We we with with the spiritual strength and nourishment we get, we live with character. And ultimately the highest character is Seva. To actually feel that this whole creation is God's Sarva Loka Maheshwaram. This whole creation belongs to Krishna or to the Supreme Being, and I am a caretaker. Whatever intelligence I have, whatever wealth I have, whatever resources I have, whatever people I have influence over, I'm a caretaker of God's sacred children and God's sacred property, and and I live in such a way i perform my duties in such a way that we can um, bring happiness bring enlightenment to the world
0: thank you thank you maharaj there's a question from shrikant who says pranam swamiji karma when performed unconditionally is not really accepted in a good sense in the materialistic world How can we deal with this?
1: Can you can you say again? I'm sorry, I couldn't hear. Reception wasn't so good.
0: Karma, when performed unconditionally with the essence of bhakti, it's not really accepted with that sensibility in the world, in the materialistic world. So, how do we maneuver through those those intentions that are not really also receiving from the same intention as you're serving or or you're sharing?
1: Um, To understand better, uh, are we inquiring about the misunderstanding that people have when we're trying to do unconditional seva?
0: Well, I'm, I think what I'm understanding from it is those that do perform karma unconditionally with that essence of bhakti um, are, receive a negative response because the opposite party doesn't receive it with that same intention. How can we deal with that? Like if we're coming with the frequency of bhav and service, but the opposition is not... How do we maneuver that? What decisions should we make? Because life is throwing situations at us that we have to accept in the moment.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that that question, you know, can be answered. Kaladesha Patra. That according to the person, according to the place, according to the circumstance. You know we we understand you know, how how we could best make a positive difference, um, and communication is very important. And in, in many ways, part of communication is to try to understand how another person is seeing things and the experiences another person is having. having. Um, The idea of paradukaduki is we we try to put ourselves in the other person's situation so that we understand how we could best communicate with them. Um, It's important to be relevant (laughs) <laughs> you know, why, why is it that, you know, so many different religious scriptures are in different languages? You know, some are in Sanskrit, some are in Hebrew or Greek, some are in um, Arabic. Um, there, there are many, some are in Hindi, <laughs> but there are different scriptures in different languages. And essentially, the message is the same, but still, you have to speak the language that people understand at that time in that place. And so many of the rituals of religion—the differences are because they're in harmony with the with the with the culture of the particular time and place, but um, they have a common purpose. So it, it is important that each of us, if we really want to have unconditional bhakti or karma or seva as you say that that we that we do it in a compassionate way that's understandable to a person as far as we can it's relevant we're trying to see how they're hearing what i'm saying and we're trying to to make it very clear in that way and that that's part of of caring that's part of compassion. Um, and however well we 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 care and we try our very very best, still there's going to be situations where people just don't understand and they reject or they think it's irrelevant or they think it's it's unnecessary. And in that situation, um, we we carry on. We 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 carry on. We don't we don't allow you know, popular opinion or misunderstandings to distract us from a path of of of, of seva, of of compassion.
0: Thank you, Maharaj. It's
1: like it's like a little child or or an adult, whatever, if if a person needs some medical treatment, um, you know, some people resist it and some people accept it and, we, and we, we try our best to help because we care about the person. We're not just trying to conquer them by convincing them to take medical treatment. It's because we really care about them. And because we care about them, we'll try to explain it in such a way and try to um, present it so that they'll understand. And then we can actually help them.
0: Thank you so much for that clarity. Um, the next question is from Priyarani, and she says, Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, Pranam. Srila Prabhupada mentioned in the Bhagavad Gita that whenever Krishna appears, he does a wholesale killing. In the light of current situations, with so many news of natural disasters, pandemic, political uprising et cetera, every single day, can you please explain how should we process the current world situation?
1: Um, we can process according to the direction of Bhagavad Gita. Dhaivijesh mm-hmm. gunamai mama maya duratya mamaiva me prapadyante mayam etad That this material nature is ever changing and in so many situations it's just beyond our control but one thing is within our control we can take shelter of the lord with humility with sincerity and you know through satsang through sadhana and through the very way we live we we learn to take shelter of the Lord, and in that shelter, we actually, um, within our own hearts, we we feel the transcendence that's above and beyond all the all the changes of this world, and we can actually be an instrument of that love and that compassion in what we speak and what we do, within the world. So. Um, we're not the controllers. First, we have, we have a little bit of control for a little bit of time over little things. Now for a little ant, um, you know one ant who's able to lift up something very big may be considered the most supernatural hero among ants. But for a human being looking down at an ant, you know, it doesn't really make any difference whether you could lift, uh, you know, a stone or a particle of sugar. Um, In the same way, you know, from the perspective of, of truth, you know, we're all in this world for just a small amount of time, and we all have certain resources that we have some control over, but ultimately, by the power of time, everything comes out of our control. So we're not the controllers, we're caretakers of divine property. And to live with that spirit in whatever situation we're in, you know, we could always be, we could always be growing, and we could always help others to grow.
0: The next question is, who is responsible for creating and spreading coronavirus? Is it God or?
1: (laughs) It is the, the interaction between humanity and Mother Nature. Um you know, humanity, depending on how we deal with mother nature, there is various reactions to that. <laughs> um, and that's the cause. And ultimately, sarva karana karanam, God is the one who created mother nature and God is the one who created humanity and all living beings. And God has created also the free will within humanity. So um, Krishna allows the interaction between each and every one of us and the collective humanity to interact with Mother Nature, with natural resources, and there will be reactions. That's inevitable. Um, But... Krishna doesn't interfere with the actions and reactions that humanity creates within this material existence, but Krishna comes again and again and again and gives us sages and saints and scriptures. To actually teach us how to live in harmony with nature, and how to live in harmony with each other, and how to live in harmony with with His love, and that's that's His greatness. That you know, Krishna has come into this world in many forms, many names, to give us dharma. And throughout all of the ways that we're interacting with nature and interacting with each other. Krishna never gives up on us, always within our hearts, always speaking to us through, um, f- from within, if we become receptive, through scriptures, through saints, through nature, if we just connect to, the, to nature in that way. Um, so that is how Krishna intervenes. And Krishna can intervene in many other ways too, but right now this pandemic and other situations like this—it's caused by the um, interaction between humanity and Mother Nature, and um, we need to we need to really be responsible in preventing such situations and in responding when they do come, and and. God gives us all the tools in which we can do that. Does that answer the question?
0: Definitely does. Mm.
3: Satya, I think uh, Maraji may be getting late. So would you like to take to the conclusion?
0: Yes. Yes. Um, Maharaj, this is the last question. We are our happiest when we are young. We're filled with the joy of discovery, of creation. As we age, we gain in wisdom, but lose this spontaneity for joy and wonder. How can we retain and maintain this child in us, even as we age? And in that process of childlike relationship with the divine, with, with God as you so beautifully explain, How can we find that commitment? Because when you found that first photograph of Lord Krishna, you weren't committed then. It was just the first symbol that came to you. And then your whole journey through India was sending messages of chants and little silent voices and little notes. But you only committed towards the end when your heart and your mind completely united. And I think most people's questions is about the heart and the mind not uniting and that's why this is the last one to how do we keep that chi- inner child alive so that that heart and mind doesn't come in the way and it actually un- unifies
1: <laughs> thank you um innocence is something that is so precious um, but as we grow, there's actually a price to, to preserve or restore that innocence. Um, <clears throat> the company we keep is very important. Um, you know, to be with people who, who help us to to value those those pure, innocent um, purposes of our life, to help us to actually see the incredible excitement and adventure of living in this world. <laughs> um, to, to fill us with these positive thoughts of the opportunities. Because actually, the world, life could be seen as a treacherous, um, be, begrudging way of just surviving day after day. Or it can be really an adventure into something sublime, into a wonderful reality. And for that, again, it's important that we tune into that innocent, pure self that's within us and also to be with people who, bring, who who bring us nearer to our true self. So it's important that we're with positive people and we read positive things and we, and we, we, ha- we put time aside for that positive cultivation of our own true, ever youthful nature. And, that's, and if we choose to do that, then innocence, compassion, and love can be realized in our life. Even, even in the face of, 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 of apparent suffering and death, we could find joy and give joy to others. And what is more beautiful in life than that? And what is a greater motivational force in our education and our career than to give compassion and love through what we're doing, directly or indirectly? Life is inherently beautiful, despite all the external situations that come to us.
0: Thank you so much, Maharaj, for that beautiful time that we've shared with you, for your presence, your kindness, your warmth, your love. And unfortunately, we couldn't answer all questions from, for, from all the people that were writing. So sorry to them. But um, thank you again for joining us from Chicago. And we hope to see you very soon in person. Um, and hopefully, spend time with you at Eco Village very soon.
1: But thank you, and thank you, Kopi Chanchi, and Kukashji, and Ashokji, and all of your family. I'm so grateful that we can we, and can we,
3: Maraji, can we conclude with uh, Mahamantra with George Harrison's Hare yes. Krishna, Hare Krishna so that without the mantra we should not conclude this program
1: so perfect so perfect <laughs> Satya. Satya. Uh, everything everything i've been trying to say in the last one and a half hours you have just said it in a few seconds thank you so very much <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you all friends for listening for being here with us and ashish you may play the mantra